Hi everyone, my name is DeAndre Sinet and I am your host for Distinct Lens Podcast. We have a special guest here with us today. Her name is Janelle Shan. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Janelle Shan. You got it right. Okay, you're 28, HR professional from South London. Yes. Okay, how are you? Yeah, I'm really well actually. First time up the east side, so okay. a bit different. Okay, so good. you're from South London. What was what was life like growing up there? Um, yeah, so I've always been in South London, my family as well. Um, life was good in South London, I would say. Uh, very ethnic, which is which is what I liked. Um, okay, so when you say ethnic, what do you mean? Um, black people, Asian okay. people, yeah, yeah. So, um, loads of things to do. We have so much different cultures in South London, um, or just London in general, really. So, um... Yeah, just it's a very active place. Yeah, I've been to London quite a few times and I I enjoyed it. I don't think I've ever been to South London though. Mm. You need to. Yeah, from what you're saying, it sounds like it. So it's, have you heard of Brixton? Uh, I've heard of it, yes. Okay, so Brixton, South London. Okay. Um, even though it's different now to what it was when I was growing up, it's gentrified now. Um, but everyone knows Brixton, so I just live just past Brixton. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, who did you grow up with? Your mom, your dad? My mom. Okay. Yeah, I grew up with my mom, um, but because my mom was always working and she was a single mom, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time with my grandma ah, okay. growing up. Yeah. Okay. What was that like? Yeah, my grandma, she's just an old school Caribbean, so very traditional. Um, she always taught me the importance of reading. And when I mean reading, I don't just mean books, but the dictionary, just being familiarising myself with words. Really? <laughs> yeah, because she's, she always used to go on about how I should be articulating myself um, ah. as I get older. Um, but she was also, she had a free-spirited side to her, I would say, um, when she would pick me up from school if I was having a naughty day. Well, if I was being naughty, uh-huh. she would never tell my mum, whereas my granddad would always tell my mum. So uh-huh. I kind of knew the days where I could be naughty or not. <laughs> Now, what would constitute as being naughty? Oh, so this was when I was in primary school, so... Oh, so you were just a kid. I was just, yeah, I was just young, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was just really, really young. Okay. Yeah. And what, what type of work did your mom do? My mom has always been in human resources. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's the field that you're in as well, yeah, too, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay, okay. What what type of work did she do in, in human resources? Um, Just general HR. Ah. So the full employee life cycle... Um, and she, now she actually does a lot of diversity and inclusion work oh, as well, okay. uh, in particular around race. So that's like a new branch that she's been doing for the past um, three years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And your grandparents, what did, what did they do? So when my grandparents, so I don't know them for working when I was mm. born because they had retired by then. But my grandma was a, she when she came here as part of the Windrush, she was a nurse, and then she went into typewriting. Ah, uh, okay. And now, question. Yeah. For those viewers who don't know what the wind rush is, could you give a bit of background, just for context sake? Yeah, sure. So, the wind rush happened um, in the 1940s after World War Two, mm-hmm. um, where this country was just everything was like broken down. It was just a mess. And they needed people in um, public sector jobs, like nursing, like transportation. Mm-hmm. And because 
English people didn't want to do those jobs because they were low paid jobs. Uh-huh. Um, the government asked for people from the Caribbean to come over and do those jobs. And so, did they have like some type of incentive to get the people to come from the Caribbean? No, it was just welcome. And remember in those days, the Caribbean saw England as their motherland. Uh, because it had been colonized. Like, yeah. Okay. So my grandma would say, oh, I'm going home. That's what she would uh, say. I'm going. And, you know, the queen, they really admired the queen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that either because I don't admire the queen. and I don't think a lot of people my age do. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah, because when my grandma talks about the, her history, and especially now because she's got dementia now, poor thing, but uh-huh. she taps into uh, years back and she talks about how she remembers coming here and, she was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going home, I'm going to be where the queen is. And, and she's excited. Yeah, she's excited about it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How old, how old are your grandparents? My my grandfather has passed away, um, sadly, um, in 2012. He was, I don't know, I'm not sure. My grandma is 84, and my granddad was older than her, in his 90s. Uh, he would be in his 90s. Yeah. That means you're going to live for a long time, too. Well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. In the education system, so you were you were born and raised here. Yeah. So you went to primary school in London, and I'm assuming all the way up until... I even went to university in London, so, okay. yeah. Well, yes. What was your experience like in the education system? Um, My experience in the education system... When I was younger, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have the best concentration mm. levels. I know that as I'm older now, but before they were just labeling me as someone that has ADHD and mm. just behavioral problems. But it was because of that structured setting that I just couldn't concentrate in. And because of that, I would always get distracted. Uh-huh. But I was always intelligent. It just needed, it just wasn't channeled the right way. So. And that was all up until secondary school, actually. And I remember when I was... And secondary school begins at what age? 11, 12? 12 and ends at 16. Oh. And I remember when... Because after secondary school, you go to college. And when you're applying for college, you go over your predicted grades. Mm-hmm. And I remember my predicted grades were all low. Uh-huh. And I didn't actually have a college to go to. And because of that, that's when I just re-engineered myself. Really? Yeah, that's when I, I, I couldn't go. And remember at that time, it's a case of everyone's going to college. So you just, you don't even know, I didn't even know the importance of going to college at that time. I just knew that was the next step. I couldn't see myself doing, I wasn't, um, I guess I didn't really have vision back then. I was just, I just knew I was going to go to college. Well, you, were, you were young, so. Yeah, yeah I was young. Um, but yeah, I guess. But when I mean vision, I mean, I never was one of those people that had these massive ambitions at that age. Ah, that okay. came later on. Okay. Um, so, question. Yeah. The re-engineering that you just described, like, what triggered that? I know you mentioned your grades. Yeah, when I didn't, when they weren't accepting me because my grades were, my and predicted grades were not good. And so, after that experience, you said, hey, I'm going to do something different. Yeah, I'm going to do well. Ah, okay. I'm going to do well. Um, and then... Yeah, that's when I started studying. So up to that point, did you not take it seriously? No. Okay. So that was that was you just like, yeah, I'm just gonna get through this. It'll be okay. Yeah. And then you realize, well, I can't continue. Yeah, I can't continue. I'll get this yeah, yeah. Okay. And what was interesting actually, because I remember in year nine when we did our SATs. I don't know if we still they still do that now. Mm. And I remember I did really really well maths, and mm. I remember I was in we had ten sets, and I was in set number three. Mm. 
and um, I remember I just went down set, down set, down set, down set. Because with the other disciplines. No, no, in maths. Oh. I just went down sets after sets after sets um, because of my behaviour. And my behaviour was affecting my academic performance. Ah. But I was always smart because geography, I was in set one. Uh, the highest set. Now, when you say your behavior, you seem like you're well mannered. So well, now I am, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I was, I'm always, and I, I'm still like that. I've always been rebellious. Really? Yeah, I have. I know I don't come across that way, but. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. So, I want to change gears a bit. Yep. In the education system, do you think it prepared you to manage finances well? No. So, did you have like. Were there any type of courses that you took or any type no. of education that you got? No. Uh, what about at home, like from your mom? Nope. My mom is a spender. Uh, and when you say a spender, what do you mean? So my mom, like I said, most of my childhood I was with my grandparents, my grandma in particular, mm-hmm. because my mom was always working. And I remember when she shifted from the public sector to a private sector, when she had her first job in the IT industry, mm-hmm. that's when our lives changed because... We started going on holidays every year and yeah, our lives just changed basically. And that was when I was about, I would say, when I started secondary school actually. Because I remember so that's being, well. yeah, yeah, about maybe, no, not that young, maybe, maybe 14. Okay. 14. And I just, and I remember um, people saying, oh, you're always good on holiday and I didn't get it. Because I thought that was... The norm? Yeah. And my, my mum never came across as if we're... Well to do. Yeah. Not at that time. Yeah. So, you know what's interesting? Like, when I first came here, like, you, you guys say holiday. We say vacation back in yeah. the States. But the holiday is like the norm. Like, well, I want to say the people that I've associated with. They always talk about going on a holiday here or yeah. there or traveling here or there. Like me growing up, vacation, that wasn't a word that was used in our house. Like they would take time off from work, but we wouldn't travel anywhere. It wasn't until I got a bit older, like now, that I've actually started to travel a bit. Mm. And when you say your quality of life improved because your mom, she got a better paying job, started doing different world, working in a different industry. It's just interesting to hear you talk about it that way and, and how... You know, where someone works determines what they'll have, yeah. their quality of life will be, yeah. essentially. It does, yeah. Okay. Indeed. Okay. So, as, as you know, I sent all my guests like a pre-interview questionnaire. And one of the questions I asked was, how comfortable are you making financial decisions on a scale of 1 to 10? And you, 1 to 100. Well, 0 to 100 is actually what it was. You said 90. Yeah. So, now I want to ask, you said you didn't receive that financial education mm-hmm. at home. You did receive it from the education system. Where did that come from? Um, that is a really good question. I remember, oh, yeah, that came from my grandma. Hmm. Because my grandma would always say to me from a young age, always save your money. Ah, sure. She instilled one of the wealth-building strategies, which is saving money. Yeah, but it wasn't a case of, there was never a why. Mm-hmm. Not Caribbean parents are like, just do this. Just, just do <laughs> just it. Just do it, just do it. And obviously I wasn't making money at the time. And then, but I just remember, 
I just remember her always telling me that I need to save my money. The two things she'll say, save your money and never give man any money. <laughs> <laughs> so save your money and don't give never it away give to man, men. Yeah, don't give it away to men. And um, yeah, do you know, going back, I'm just thinking, I'm actually just, you know, really going back and thinking, why do I remember her always saying that to me, even though she wouldn't give me money? Uh-huh. And I wasn't working, so why would she be saying that randomly? For moments like this. Yeah, I guess, and I guess. it seems like it, it, it ingrained with you subconsciously. Yeah, so, because when I started working, I remember I really wanted a job when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think it was just natural independence. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have my own money. Because mm-hmm. my mum would give me pocket money. Uh, but it was pocket money for working, like doing chores in the house and stuff like that. Right. And um, I started working, and I remember when I first started working, I, I wasn't really saving. And then I just started saving. I'm not really sure what the the trigger point was, um, but I remember I just started saving. And when my mum actually, when she, well, actually I said, you know, mum, I want to pay for my own phone bill now, and I want to, you know. So you went to your mom and yeah. said, I'm gonna start paying these bills. Yeah, but I was older though. I was in my early 20s oh okay that makes sense um and from then I was like you know what I, I want to be more independent with my money uh-huh. um so I just started saving and I remember actually on LBC so that's a radio station in the UK uh, okay. I remember they were talking about um how people in their 20s need to start saving for their pension mm. because retirement's not going to be the same and around the same time, it became legal to contribute for your, to your pension uh, or have the option to. You can always opt out, but they had the auto-enrollment. Mm. That's what came into place. And then from then, I was thinking, I didn't get what they meant because I was still young. My mum doesn't have that mindset. My mm. grandma, she even though she's about saving, she's it stops there. So my grandma never invested, for example. Ah, okay. One of the other wealth building strategies. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, my mum owned her home. My grandma owned her home. So that that's I just saw that as the next step. Uh, and you're all, about to buy a home, right? Yeah, I'm in the process of okay. going through that. Um, but I was like, yeah, I want I want to do these things. I want to I want to own my home. I want to have my own money. And that was kind of my that kind of started. Okay. The journey, I guess. And then it grew from there. It grew from there. Um, when I actually started working in the city, when I was, I think I was about 24, or 20, yeah, 24. And um, my first job in the city, we only recruited from Oxford and Cambridge. Uh, and this is after you attended university. Yeah. Because eventually you ended up getting in, right? Yeah. So university, I got in, and even then I was working, and I also was selling um, aloe vera products, like through like a network company, like a Uh, network marketing company, because I wanted to make my own money. Um, And then, yeah, so when I worked in the city, because of that class, because Oxford and Cambridge are the best universities in the UK. Right. So Some when would argue in the world as well. Well, yeah. yeah. And the things they would do, what do you on mean? the weekend or on a long bank holiday, it was always something extravagant. 
uh, like the places they were going or if they wanted to go out after work, the restaurants we were going to. Uh, and then I'm there on my, and remember I'm doing a support function in a tech company. So these tech people, they're getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. At that time I was on 26,000 and they were on 40,000 plus. Wow. So they were on a lot of money. Okay. And um, I remember thinking, oh, I can't afford this all the time. But I wanted to afford it all the time. Right. And that's kind of, that kind of opened my eyes a bit more. That, okay, in order for me to live that lifestyle, I need to save mm-hmm. to, to do it, basically. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, and it's, it was difficult because none of my friends had that mindset at that time. To say yeah, and plan for a rainy day, yeah, yeah, and have that forward thinking. Why do you? Why do you think that is? What do you think the difference was? Um, I think they weren't in the same environment that I was in you terms mean, of like occupation, job. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you think that that working environment had a yeah a significant influence on the reason why you started to save even more? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I remember wanting more money. I remember seeing, when I was in HR, so I could see other people's salaries. And I remember thinking, why am I not paid that much? Ah. And I could see my colleague's salary, who at that time, she was making £48,000. Ah. Which is significantly more than me. But and at you were that like, time. I need to be making that money too. Yeah. And I think going into that job as well, and this is one thing that I'm an advocate for now, I never negotiated my salary because I didn't know that you could. Mm. So I just took what they gave me, and it was only when I got in the job that I saw that, yeah, I've been taking four mugs. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that's a really good point to share with the listeners. So when you say negotiate your salary, I remember when I got my first job, I didn't yeah. negotiate either. I was just happy yeah. to have a job. I was like, yeah. oh, this is a great yeah. company. I yeah. love working here. This is wonderful. But... I did negotiate. You know, I don't want to say they took advantage, mm-hmm. but, you know, they had the knowledge I didn't. Yeah, yeah. So what yeah. would you recommend to everyone that's watching and listening that they do? To always negotiate. Okay. And I say that I do HR, so it's very unlikely that we're... It's very likely that there's going to be a salary range, mm-hmm. and then they'll pay you within that range. Okay. You said it's very likely that there is there a salary range? There will be a range. salary range. Okay. Now, how would how would John or Jane Doe go about understanding? Would they Google it for this particular role? I would be making between this amount and this amount. Like, how would they get that information so they could go about a practical application of what you're saying in terms of no negotiation? So the the range would always be like internal based on that company, mm-hmm. but you can look online to especially Glassdoor because people submit their salaries on there. Ah, so that's a good place. So you place. can see um, how much people are being paid for what you do. Now, I've used Glassdoor for that reason. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes they ask for you to pay for that information. Are there any other sites that are free where you can access that information? No. Uh, no, not that I know of. Okay. No, Glassdoor is really good. Um, I didn't know you have to pay for Glassdoor, actually. I've got an account with them. Um, well, the last time I looked, so I did a, I did a couple different searches, and then mm-hmm. maybe it was the amount of searches I did. After a while, they were like, well, you're going to need to pay for this, because it's, it's an additional feature. Oh, I see. 
So okay. maybe I, I search too much. I don't know. Okay. You know, but I think it's always good for to For all intents and purposes, use Glassdoor to negotiate your yes. salary. Yes, use Glassdoor. And just be aware of other people in the you know professional being paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and use that as your, to your advantage. And even if you don't know, because when I negotiate now, I really focus on the value that I've, I can bring to this role mm-hmm. based on what I've done. Okay. And yeah, I'm I'm a good negotiator now. Even for my role, I asked for 15k more than what I was on in my previous role, just to see as how far as a starting point. Yeah, that's what yeah. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think just from my experience, the things I've seen people negotiate is just crazy. Like you know, one of my companies, somebody negotiated for us to pay. For his children to go to private school. Really? Yeah. As a part now, what level seniority? That's director level. Okay. So it's really what you're saying is knowing your value mm-hmm. and then asking for what you believe you're worth. Yeah, I'm saying that. Um, but I think your worth is limitless. Okay. That is just limitless. I think it's more what you've done. Mm-hmm. And packaging that when you're describing that to your um, new your new proposed employer, mm-hmm. doing it that way about the value that you can bring to them, and always asking for more, always. I think it's yeah, always negotiate, always, all the time. Because what's the worst they can do? Say no. Say no. And the, and it, and it, and the thing is, it's when you negotiate because if you're you usually negotiate when you've already got the offer, mm-hmm. so they're already proposing you a salary. Um, you're just asking for more okay it's different if they ask you what 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 do you want at interview stage that's slightly different right that's when you just propose a salary but well, well, you can they always go make an offer yeah is when you start to negotiate yeah okay because if you've already got the job they're not going to take it off you yeah because that's a long process that they would have to repeat again exactly yeah okay okay excellent insight excellent mm. excellent insight okay um you know, I just thought about something that I should have mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. You're also an entrepreneur. Yes, I am. Yeah, so yeah. could you tell us a bit about your business, what the name of it is, what you do, how long you started it? Yeah, sure. So my um, company is called CV Interact, and it's a CV services company. A CV Interact? So CV Interact, yeah. Okay. So I do everything from um, CVs, cover letters, interview training, um LinkedIn profile optimization, mm-hmm. etc., and just general career advice. So I've been doing that for since March 2019. So two years ago, it's March now, isn't it? So yeah, two years this ago. Is your two year, uh, I don't remember the date though. I don't remember the actual date, which is so unfortunate. Because well, when I started it, I didn't really, I, I didn't have the vision when I started. Uh, okay. Um, so I've been doing that for two years, and I am in the process of transitioning. Mm-hmm to a career coaching um, service. Ah, okay. And my focus is going to be um, coaching experienced professionals Mm -hmm. to get higher-level jobs in a new company at higher pay. Ah. So, and the reason why I'm transitioning, well, I guess from a financial point of view, I really want to double my income, like double, triple my income, like my actual... Um, targets I really want to be making minimum 5k a month mm-hmm. so between 5 and 10k that is actually one of my 
finance like medium financial goals that I want to be achieving. Okay. And um, I'm working, and I don't. I I with work, I really like my company. Mm. Um, realistically, am I going to get 10k with them? Not anytime soon, mm. because and this is again going back to what people get paid because. Let's just put it this way. In my last company, for example, um, not my last, one of my last companies, I remember there was a person that was on 135K, a senior director, and they were taking home 8K a month, which isn't that, when you think about it, how long is it going to take you to get to that salary as a senior director compared to being an entrepreneur Mm. and being able to make more than that? Yeah, there's no cap. There's no cap. Or a time limit on it. Exactly. It all goes in how much you're going to put into it. Exactly. That's a brilliant way of looking at it. Because to get to that level, I get what you mean now, to get to that level within a company, especially if you start at an entry level Mm -hmm. or even mid-level management, you could easily be in the role 5, 10, maybe 15 years before you reach that level. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. A couple questions for you. Um, Around the LinkedIn optimization. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll come back to that one. The first question is why coaching for experiencing experienced professionals? Why that? Why that? That space? That, that niche? Yeah. Um, the reason why is because looking at my results, where I've achieved the best results with my clients, and by results I mean they get, and usually it's a case of they get the full package. Mm. So CV cover a LinkedIn job um, interview training. And they've got the job. My best results have been people that have been experienced professionals. Uh, that that's been my best result. So that's the market I want to focus on because I have proven results. Okay. Um, and I'm really looking to transition it because at the moment, you know, my packages um, for experience levels, you're looking at 145 pounds mm-hmm. for that service. I'm my career coaching is going to be a four figure service. Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure that I can deliver the results to be charging that for a figure. Yeah, that yeah. price. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the LinkedIn optimization. Could you tell me a bit about how that service works? So, and I'm asking because number one, I'm curious because I would like to use your services, but mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting for everybody else to hear it as well. Yeah, so my LinkedIn service is all about the way you position yourself. So I do the complete rewrite. Mm-hmm. And I the main things that I focus on is having those key skills on your profile. Mm-hmm. Because how LinkedIn works is based on algorithms. Mm-hmm. So the more a, a skill is on your profile, you'll rank higher mm-hmm. on the algorithm. Um, and it's just about positioning yourself. And again, with the experienced professionals, positioning yourself as C-suite. That's what I focus on. Even if you don't want to get to that level, mm-hmm. it's about positioning your, positioning yourself that way, um, using the same language that these they people, use, that they use right. throughout your profile. That's the key thing that I focus on. And then you've got the optimization side, which is more, um, I guess, advice and a guide that I give to my clients because you need to be active on LinkedIn. Mm. You can't just have a profile. That's not enough. Right. You need to be networking with people. You need to be speaking with people. You need to be commenting on posting to be liking posting to be really engaging on mm. on the on the platform and I teach people exactly how to do that ah. as well okay yeah okay you sound really knowledgeable yeah I mean I've been well two years I, I guess you can't really well yeah two years um but um yeah. I've, I've used you know I think I've, I'm 
I've been that person as well that has jumped around jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I'm not happy, I'll just leave. So I've had to learn. Yeah. So I've had to learn how to. I've had to learn this stuff myself. Through trial and error. On your yeah. Own. Yeah. Okay, so you're tried, tested, and true, and you have that ten thousand ten thousand hour uh, expertise. And what I what I mean by that, I read in a book years ago. It said after ten thousand hours of learning a particular subject matter, you become an expert. Mm-hmm. And on average, people spend five thousand a year learning something, whatever it is. Okay. So two years, you're an expert. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. No, I am. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. That's super yeah. interesting. Um, so you're going to move to career coaching. Yeah. Do you plan to expand not only in terms of services, but maybe employees in the future? No. You, you said that really quickly. No. So one thing that business has taught me is that how much I value my time. Mm. And I love what I do, but it can be draining mm. if I'm getting consistent clients coming in. Um, and I work full time and I don't want to leave my job because I like my job uh, and it's a source of income. Um, and that's one of the reasons I actually looked at my structure and said, what do I really want? And it just makes sense because if I'm, if I'm charging a four figure service, a four figure, um, amount for a service, I don't need that many clients. Yeah. So, and I'm, my business Would now. Would this be like a subscription or a one time payment? One time, you can pay in installments. Okay. Yeah. I'm still working it all out. (laughs) So, yeah, it'll be one off all installments. Um, So, and my service now, and that's why it's called Interact, CV Interact, Mm -hmm. because you interact, I'm very interactive, I'm very social, you get access to me, I talk to my clients all the time. Okay. So, for me to get more employees, they wouldn't be, my clients wouldn't be talking to me. I see what you mean. And so, it would kind of... Um, diminish the brand in a sense. Yeah, because I'm my brand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's, I, I, I am thinking, and that's the thing, I'm, this is just the beginning and I haven't actually launched it yet, but I do plan on launching another type of service, mm-hmm. which will be, so my current service, well, the, the career coaching service will be from CV to salary negotiation. Okay. And I'm, because I'm good at the career progression and career advice. So um, the next steps would be from onboarding to C-suite promotion. Okay. Would be another service. So I'll do more services for more money rather than more employees. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. So you would move to a higher paying service, yeah, as opposed to bringing on people to do more of the services that you currently yeah. offer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sounds well thought out. Well, I'm getting there. It's, 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 it's a journey and. So, uh, what made you, and maybe I should have started with this question, what made you start CV Interact? And is your website, is it www.cvinteract.com? It's www.cv-interact.co.uk. Ah, Yeah, in the UK, it's more .co.uk. Okay. Okay. So, the reason I started CV Interact, so I have, when I hit college, when I had that incident where... I was told I wouldn't get into it. I didn't get any offers. Mm-hmm. That kind of changed my mindset. And that's when I started to be become very ambitious. Mm-hmm. And I knew, and because my mum had a good job, she was actually senior at that time. When I you was, say senior, what do you mean? She was a senior manager. Oh, okay. Yeah, like running her own department okay. and things like that. That's what I wanted to do. So I was like, you know, I want to be a director. 
Okay. I remember thinking, I want to be a HR director. I want to do this, do that. And then when I left the the first job I had in the city, which where I was a HR assistant on 26K, oh. and then I progressed, I've got into a law firm. That's when I was thinking, do you know what? I've made it now. Oh. I remember, even though I wasn't director, I was thinking, this is the path. I'm in a good industry. I'm on good pay. You know, this is great. And then that's when I started getting exposed to politics. Mm. that's when I started getting exposed to not exposed but I've started to feel very unfulfilled ah like you wanted more yeah okay I wanted more but because of the politics and because of oh you mean the politics within an organization an organization okay because of the politics and and I saw my manager and my director and I was thinking that's not inspiring now could you give me an example or sure my manager would work outside the normal working hours mm. because she's busy. Mm. She will be changing the way she speaks with people. I've seen people talk to her like crap. At a more senior, senior level, level. yeah. And she just takes it because yeah. she's in the role. Yeah. So I think seeing stuff like that, I was like, this isn't worth it. And seeing what people got paid as well. I remember there was somebody on 90K in that organisation and they were taken home just over four, four, I think it was just over four and a half K. Mm. And I was thinking, that's not that much for what you're doing in your job. Uh, so they should have been making more for what they were doing. Yeah, I thought you should be taking home more. I wouldn't say making more, but you would think 90K is a lot of money, mm. but it's it's only around four and a half K. Take home. Take home. Yeah. And I just, I was just thinking, is it worth it? And I've always been that person, because I remember as well, actually, I probably should have mentioned this, when I was 12 and we went on a trip to France with the school. Mm. And I remember I didn't have any money. I don't remember, I think my mum didn't give me money because I was, I did something naughty. So she was like, you don't need any money. Mm. And then I just started to wash people's clothes. I started charging people to me to wash their clothes so you've always had a little hustle about yourself. yeah so i have always had it okay in i'm thinking about it in hindsight yeah because you, always... you mentioned earlier about selling aloe vera products yeah, yeah yeah that was in uni so um yeah i've always had the drive i've always wanted to just do different stuff and i think when i get bored and that links back to when i was a child because mm. that's when i was naughty because i was bored because there was structure mm. and i think that's the other thing when i saw this structure at work nine to five go home sleep eat repeat it just didn't sit well with me likewise that's actually what I've I've been ambitious since I was really really young but I I remember that moment when I was at home and I just took a step back and I looked at my family life Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about my parents specifically their work-life balance they were working easily 60 70 hours a week Wow. And my mom specifically, like she didn't, she wasn't paying into any company retirement plan. Or in the United States, we call them four hundred one k, like company paid retirement pension plans. Yeah, like there was no scheme like that in place. She, in a lot of cases, wasn't even being paid overtime for the hours that she was working in excess of forty hours per week. Because once you hit over forty hours a week. You're supposed to get paid overtime, but they had found a way to bypass that law in Texas and still had her working. And then I saw my dad, how much he worked. And then also mm. I told you, you know, he was a preacher. So he, yeah. a lot of his time was ate up doing things that 
I don't want to say weren't beneficial for the future, but weren't forward thinking from a financial yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I, I remember when I hit that moment, I was like, I want to do something different. Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. do something a bit different. And not to say that they did anything wrong, but to say uh, there's another way to go about this. Yeah. Because yeah. they would come home and they would be drained. Mm-hmm. And not just from working so many hours, but mm-hmm. from, like you said, the politics of even having a hold a role and they weren't even in senior roles you know mm-hmm. they were uh sometimes in entry-level roles when when I was younger and then they worked yeah. their way up but you know just dealing with what comes with being employed by someone else yeah yeah for me I was like this doesn't seem like it was worth it yeah, yeah. and then I would hear you know I got exposed to to music and different types of rappers I remember hearing Jay-Z like for the first time and he was talking about I did it my way yeah and yeah. so I, I like that inspired me as well. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I'm gonna do this my Your way. way yeah. yeah, yeah, and we're all finding our way. Yeah, that's the thing. We're all, but I think that's the start. Find, you know, deciding that you want to try a different route and do something different, and then you meet people on 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 the way who are like minded. Yeah. yeah, and that's how you and I got connected. Yeah, exactly. Okay, excellent, yeah, excellent. Yeah. So one of the other questions I asked you was about what book or podcast or magazine that you've read that had the most influence on you. And you said Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Now, why did why was that the most influential or impactful for you? So when I went to Trinidad on one trip, I, I think I was about... And Trinidad is where your family is from. Yeah, right? my family are from... Um, I was young. I think I was about 14. And I remember my great uncle, my grandma's brother, who is a pastor and he's an engineer. He's very successful. Mm. He gave me this book and told me to read the book. But I didn't read it. Mm. Because there was no why. To, to there was no, it was behind just, reading the book. Yeah, he behind just reading the book. He was like, read the book. Yeah, read the book. And then um, I went back to Trinidad when I was around 18. Mm-hmm. And then his nephew, so my, he's, I guess he's my, my, my second cousin, um, said to me, and no, my mum actually told me that he's investing, he's got his own properties, he's doing X, Y, and Z. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I, I don't know anything about it because we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then he said, just start off with reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was like, oh, I've got that book because Uncle Ken gave it to me. Right. I've got that book. So then came back to London and then I read the book. So and now you had the why behind yeah, reading it. Yeah, okay. I had the why. I read the book and I remember thinking, oh, okay, there's more to life than working and having a business mm-hmm. because that's that was what it seemed like the options were to work or you have a business selling products. Mm-hmm. It's very vague what I thought business was back in the day. Now I know it's very versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I think the reason why I say that's the most influential book because that's the first time I became aware of what investments were. That's the first time I became aware of something that was unscripted. Ah, uh, Okay. So that's that's yeah that was that was the beginning of my journey. Okay. So now you 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 had this insight, okay, I can get income from not only working, but also I can be an entrepreneur, but on that path you also learn about investing yeah. from rich dad poor dad. Yeah. Okay. And all of those, the reason I laid it out like that because all three of those things are 
wealth building strategies mm-hmm. to include what you learned really early on from your grandmother, saving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Super interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, one more thing I wanted to go over your last, the answer to the last question. I really liked what you responded. So I asked if you could send yourself a message 10 years into the future about finances, what would that message be? And you said, you won't be thinking about your finances on your deathbed. Yeah. Could you unpack that a bit? Yeah. So I went through a stage in life and this is when I was doing my business at the beginning stage where I was just so money driven. Mm-hmm. And I was distancing myself from everyone because I was so focused on money. Ah, okay. And this is why I, you know, this is kind of why I'm going to go into career coaching because I want the balance. And at that time, I, my mental health struggled. Ah, uh, because you were so focused on, on money. Okay. And the reality is, especially someone like me who's an extrovert, you need your friends and family. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just feel like. On my deathbed, I'm not going to be thinking about my money. And you can't take it with you. And I can't take it with me. Okay. And if I, and technically, if I don't have any children, I don't really, not that I don't need to build wealth, but it, it's not, I think in the black community, when you, when you talk about wealth, we're talking about uh, wealth to be passed down to our generational, generation, generational wealth, yeah. basically. And even if I didn't have kids, I wouldn't need that kind of wealth because I'm not generating it for anyone. So okay, that 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 yeah. So my, I guess my plans when I'm thinking about money and what my drive for money is that I can live a fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. So I like, I like holidays, for example. I like to wine and dine. Okay. I like to have fun, but also in that same process because I'm also investing, isn't it? So, and I'm not planning to touch my investments for 10 years. Um, and I'm actually thinking about my retirement as well, because I want to be able to live my life and also have enough for my retirement. Those are the things I'm thinking, these are all the things I'm thinking about, but I don't want to be drained in making the money and neglecting my social life right. and my mental health. That's something I personally don't agree with. No, I, I I think it's that's why I wanted you to unpack that statement because I think that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. There has to be a good balance mm-hmm. about how you go about building wealth. Yeah, yeah. Go about managing your finances. Go about bringing in additional streams of income because you don't want your personal life to suffer because mm-hmm. of, because, like you said, you can't take it with you. Mm-hmm. And even if you are able to pass it on, you might not even have good relationships with the people who you want to pass it on yeah, to because yeah. you were in such, uh, well, if you had these blinders on, you yeah. couldn't see anything but the money. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Now, so I want to ask, is there anything you want to say, well, first, I want you to plug your your business. So tell us every platform we can find you on, how to reach you how to look up your business, so on and so forth. Yeah, so I'm on, um, well, my website is www.cv-interact.co.uk. My Instagram page is um, cvinteract101. So um, those are the two platforms that I am am on with my business. So yeah, just feel free to just check me out. Okay, and just so you guys know, I'm going to check her out. Uh, I've done a bit of research about it and I'm, I'm impressed thus far. 
And I think you're going to bring some good results. Yeah. Uh, so I want to say thank you for being a guest on the show. This has been wonderful. Thank you for having uh, me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. You were an excellent guest. I've been super excited about this all week. And I really appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.